Welcome to the Rotten Round Table. <laughs> Stand-in host, the Taminator, and did Taminator? Did you say horror cast? Yes, I did because the ladies have taken over. So, let me welcome the wonderful Jessica. Hi, Jessica. How you doing? Hi, Tammy. <laughs> so happy to be here with you on our horror cast. We are doing video for the first time, so I actually get to see Jessica's beautiful face. So it's really nice. Yes, and vice versa. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy to be back to do an all-girls show with you. This is going to be fun. Yeah, we actually got some good feedback last time, so maybe we'll do it more often. I Just boot the guys. Yeah. <laughs> I love the guys, but, you know, sometimes you just need a break. You know what I'm saying? Totally. No boys allowed. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with you? Anything? You got your Christmas tree up? We did just get a Christmas tree yesterday, actually. Do you have a real one? Yes, we live in Oregon, which is the, oh, you know, bland Christmas trees. One, yeah. yeah, so you go, and even if you go to, like, a Christmas tree farm, you get to, like, saw it down yourself. Oh, wow. That's fun. Rusted. We enjoy it. Yes. Cool. What about you? you oh, I just, I, when I was little, I always knew that when I was able to have my own tree, it was going to be a fake white tree. And oh. I have had one every year till they... <laughs> like fall apart and then I get another one so I'm probably on my what I don't know 10th one now and it's just yeah. a little one now because it'll you know just be me and Landon up here so totally but yeah it's so I have yeah white fake tree with pink lights and silver oh, ornaments because nice. of course I do right <laughs> yeah totally yeah we used to always have a fake tree when we lived in California um but it almost feels like blasphemous to do that yeah. if you live in Oregon <laughs> Yeah, Wisconsin, too, when I was living up there, but, you know, I don't even think they have pine trees down here in Kentucky. I'm not sure, but, yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know, we're all about the trailer park life down here, so. Boop, boop. <laughs> I'm familiar with the trailer park life. Yeah, me, too. <laughs> <sighs> oh, so, the boys, yeah, so the boys, uh, Mark's faking some illness, and Lynn, Lynn, oh, my God. Oh, got landed Lynn. on the train. <laughs> Ben is, uh, he was slacking on his watches, so it's just the ladies tonight, so. Yep, as yeah, we're going to be doing the news feed and the new releases and everything ourselves, too, so. So give us a break. Give it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so what, goes, what do you want to do first? Uh, here, I'll, I will uh, start the news feed. So right, here we go, dear listeners, into the news feed we go. The news feed. 
Uh, <laughs> I was thinking that in my brain. That's so funny. Yeah. And nobody get mad at me if any of this is inaccurate because I literally just took it off of um, Bloody Disgusting in like 10 minutes. So here we go. <laughs> Uh, actor Dave Bautista has had a very busy year in our genre films. Um, everyone knows he was recently in Army of the Dead and Love he was it. in Dune. Yes, he was re- very cute in Army of the Dead. I loved ba- uh, Dave Bautista, actually. I really like him in Guardians of the Galaxy. His character for me is very yeah. relatable. <laughs> yes. um, so I'm having fun seeing him in more genre films, but... It looks like he's going to be in M. Night Shyamalan's newest movie, which is called Knock at the Cabin. <gasps> Ooh, this is the first time hearing of this. I know. I was trying to think, have I heard Mark bring this up yet? Um, mm. I don't believe so. So there's no plot details yet, uh, but it's fun to know that Batista is going to be in it. And I'm really excited to see what he does in a movie like that because I'm guessing it's probably going to be more serious. Yeah, I mean, um, I know he took some knocks for his acting. I thought he was great. It didn't bother me at all. Um, But I think, yeah, if he's going to do an M. Night, it's going to probably get to see a little more serious side of him. Yeah. I would think, you know. Yeah. I love that name, Knock at the Cabin. Yeah, Knock at the Cabin. I'm excited. Yeah, so that's fun. And, you know, M. Night Shyamalan can go either way, but... I haven't seen old yet, but before that, I was enjoying some of his other more recent releases. So we shall see. Um, but I love a- him, no matter. I mean, I've yeah. kind of come down on him, you know, a little hard lately, but I'm always going to go see his movies. So. Oh, yeah, totally. I actually, I meant to go see old and then I just had a bunch of stuff come up. So I never got to see it while it was still in the theaters. But even when he has some stuff come out that I don't like, it's not like it depletes all of the amazing stuff that he's put out before that. So no. And even his second rung stuff is better than a lot of other people's top rung. So, right. That's so true. It's just that we have high expectations of him, um, you know, which can be a downfall. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) All right, next on the list, it looks like uh, director Matt Reeves is working on The Batman, which should be in theaters in March of next year. Um, and there's various spinoff projects that are already in the works. Um, in addition to the previously announced spinoff series set in Gotham City, HBO Max is also developing a planned spinoff series centered on The Penguin, um, who would be played by Colin Farrell. Oh, he'll be good at that. Yeah, I'm very interested. I mean, he's not ugly enough to be the penguin, so I don't know how they're going to ugly him up for that. Um, but you know, I'll give it, I'll give it a chance. But I really love the old Batman movie with Catwoman and the Penguin. That's like very near and dear to my childhood heart. Um, so we'll see what he does with it. But I think it's interesting. For sure. It's funny that that is your childhood Batman and mine is like the cheesy Adam West uh, TV, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> series. But yeah. Yeah. I've it's met Adam suppo- West. It's He's supposed to be cool. darker or something, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. I, that'll be good. And that's how Batman should be, to be honest. That's kind of why he's always been my favorite. It's mm-hmm. just such a brooding, like goth <laughs> figure in in comic world <laughs> right on 
but yeah, so that'll be cool. Um, this is, this is a funny one. I didn't even know that Fear the Walking Dead was still going. (laughs) And apparently they just announced, um, the eighth season this morning. So it's coming back for an eighth season. Um, I've seen one season. I think I saw the first two seasons and then I dropped off. Um, I like the first one. I remember I liked the first one. And then the second one, I was like, okay, they're going weird already. So (laughs) I had no idea. There's a third one too about the kids, right? And I tried to watch that and I'm like, you know what? I've not been watching in such a long time. I don't even have any idea who these people are, you know? Oh, there's another spinoff you mean? Yeah. um, (laughs) I didn't know. uh, I can't think of what it's called right now, but it's, it, you know, it's like uh, got the kids, all the kids that were currently in it. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of what it's called. Yeah. I think there's one or two seasons of that. Okay. I didn't, you know, I was like so into The Walking Dead when it first came out. Oh my God, it was my life. Yeah, I've watched the first however many seasons and I have not kept up with the last couple. And I'm like, eventually I'm going to have to watch them because I invested so much time into it. But it just got to a point where I was like, oh, my God, I don't care anymore. Dad, we went, we used to go, like, uh, my daughter even, like, worked at one of the um, cons in Chicago. Like, we would go, like, anything Walking Dead, we were there. I remember pushing Mm -hmm. Landon around in a stroller, you know. Even he was dressed up as (laughs) Daryl. Oh, I love that. I know. That's how long ago that was, but. Oh, I, you know, and I don't even know why I quit watching either. It just kind of like, I don't know. It That's just, a lot of seasons for something, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I was so into the characters and I, Michonne, I loved her. And yeah, she's, I awesome. don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah. And honestly, the first episode, I don't know why, but I've rewatched just the first episode like 10 times. I love that first episode. Did you watch I- Joe Bob? The Joe Bob on it? No, I didn't. Did? It's really no. good. I saw that though, so I'm going to. Joe Bob, our greatest admirer. <laughs> I can't. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited about that. My family was like, "What?" You must have been like. I was. I was freaking out. <laughs> For those of you who are like, what are you talking about? It was just that somebody posted about our podcast on Twitter, um, like a a fan group of horror genre. They just posted about our podcast and Joe Bob liked it and Darcy liked it. And I like lost my crap. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I think that was a horror fan Ryan that posted that. That was very nice. Um, Let's see. Last bit of news for you all. The Hannibal community is mourning the loss of producer Martha De Laurentiis this weekend, who played a pivotal role in the evolution of the Hannibal franchise from the big screen movies to Brian Fuller's most recent television series for NBC. Um, So that's a bummer. looks like she had a battle with cancer um, and she was 67, Uh, but it looks like she's pretty beloved. She worked on a bunch of cool stuff. Um, Producing Stephen King adaptations, including Firestarter, Cat's Eye, Silver Bullet, and Maximum Overdrive. Some I good love scenes. Maximum Overdrive and Silver <laughs> Bullet. Uh, but yeah, what a bummer. I um, 
I've started watching Hannibal before, but I actually never finished it. But same here, same here. Yeah, mostly just because you know crime stuff just isn't like my thing. Um, but it was really dark, and some of the imagery was very dark and awesome. So it actually held my interest for longer than I expected. Um, but yeah, that's a bummer, and I think um, it seems like a lot of people are pretty bummed about that passing. So well, just from your list here, it looks like she she definitely had some horror cred so yeah yeah and she's been in the business for a long time so well props to her the pioneer yes women in horror work it Mm -hmm. on our what are we calling this again her cast cast. (laughs) (laughs) perfect and now that was really good it was you were a genius (laughs) i know she came up with that last second folks yep (laughs) That's why they call me the brains of the group. (laughs) Absolutely. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you for researching that last minute, Jessica. Yes, I do what I can. Yeah. (laughs) Our fearless leader, Mark, is, you know, (laughs) under the weather. So he says. (laughs) I think he just wanted a little extra Christmas vacation. That's fine. We don't care. Yeah, just be... Just be upfront with us, Mark. You know, <laughs> we're on to you, Mark. <laughs> uh, we're letting Vin off easy, though, too. We can't just pick on Mark. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the new releases. No, that was the, <laughs> the news feed. You were <laughs> the good. news feed. How does the other one go? The mark your cam- mark your calendars. Mark your calendars. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so you're making Mark's job too easy. He's not even going to have to do any editing. <laughs> oh, I wish I could sound as cute as him. I can't. <laughs> he is real cute. <laughs> He's a, he is adorbs. All right. So I see this list here that Mark did actually send us this list. And it actually looks like there's a couple good things on here, which... I feel like I have been scraping the barrel lately to try to find something to watch. So this is exciting. Um, so on December, so what is today? The 6th. All right. So already out is the advent calendar on Shutter, which I will be talking about. Will you be talking about, Jessica? No. I All right. How about this next one that. that I'm really ready to talk about? Silent Night. Did you watch that? No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, All right. I haven't gotten to any horror Christmas stuff yet. <laughs> well, actually, that Silent Night might actually be right up your alley. You'll find out why when I talk about it in a little bit. Okay. All right, then. So upcoming still then. Oh, that released on the 3rd. And I watched it. I have AMC Plus. Um, but I guess it's on there. And then it also got a limited theater release. So I don't know if you're able to see it there. If not, you can catch it on AMC Plus. Which is running a special right now for Christmas. It's like $1.99 for three or four months. So they got a lot of good stuff on there. And it includes Shudder. So if you don't have Shudder, you might want to take advantage of that. Um, And then on the 10th, there's Agnes in limited theaters. And I'm sorry, people. I am just reading Mark's list, so I can't elaborate on any of the rest of these. Uh, December 17th, Joe Bob Maroon's Christmas uh, on Shudder and Nightmare (laughs) Alley in theaters. And on December 24th. Okay, he has written The Scary of 61st. Yes. Yeah, okay. that sounds weird, and I don't know if it's 
a typo in handwriting or not. All right. I don't see like there's just really bad. A few words missing there, but um, that's what he wrote. And what is the December 28th, Red Snow? Okay, I'm totally intrigued. I don't know what that is, but that's yeah. video VOD. We'll have to look oh. into that. The only one I'm aware of, the Nightmare Alley one, that's the uh, Guillermo del Toro movie, right? Oh, Looks I don't like know. kind of a crime thriller type of deal. I'll probably see it, but you know, I don't like his stuff. So we'll see. Uh, how could you? Blasphema. <laughs> Indeed. All right. And that is everything from Mark Calendars. Mark Calendars. Yeah, short, short one this month. Yeah. Last two months were so long. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> that's why October was so fun when I had like every day when I'd get done working, I was gonna go watch something and I had like ten things to choose from. Yeah. Now it's back to wah wah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or I could get a life so that I don't have so much time to watch stuff. That's always an option. Oh, no. No, no, no. We don't believe in that around here. No. No, and I just, <laughs> I have my last final tomorrow, and then I've got like a month where I don't, so I need some stuff to get released so that I have something to do. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, you, you've got Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Get better than that. Yeah, that's uh, Cat Out of the Bag. That's our next series that we're going to do. Mark came up with the very, very cool name of Nightmare Before Christmas. And we're finally, finally going to tackle the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So that's exciting. Is that a favorite of yours? Do you like that series? Yes, I'm not like a huge franchise person or slasher person. But growing up, mine and my dad's thing was Nightmare on Elm Street. Aww. And mine and my mom's thing was Hellraiser. So I have like a very soft spot in my heart for both of those franchises. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Yeah. And those are like the only two where I've actually, I mean, I haven't seen every installment at this point, but I think when I was in high school, I had seen every installment at that point with both of them. So. Oh, that's excited. a good memory to have. Yeah. It's fun times. All right. Do you want me to jump into my first one? That's fine, since I was just talking. You go right ahead. All right. So my first one on the list, and I know Mark had seen this. I can't remember if you saw this one yet, is The Last Matinee from Uruguay. No, I started it in, I think, and I didn't, it was a while ago. I don't remember if I stopped it because I didn't like it or what. Oh, I feel like it can't be because of that, because it's really fun. I know Vin talked about it, too, I believe, and he liked it. Yeah. I really liked it. It's from um, the director and writer is Maximiliano Contenti um, and Manuel uh, Facal. And it's just an hour and a half. Um, it looks like you can watch it on Fubo TV or Showtime. Um, it's in Spanish. Uh, country of origin is Uruguay. And a plot summary for our listeners is on a stormy night in 1993, an engineering student named Anna takes over the duties of her father, a projectionist at a declining movie theater, due to his ill health. Unbeknownst to her, the audience watching the film that she is running are being murdered by a black-gloved killer. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously, it's a setting that we can all appreciate, this old rundown movie theater they're showing this like old, what was it? It's old Frankenstein movie called Day of the Beast. 
um, which a little trivia was actually released in 2011. Um, and this is taking place in 1993. So they're, you know, taking some liberations with that. But uh, the director of that film within the film is actually the killer in the movie. Oh, wow. uh, so I think it's fun. It's obviously a little passion project. And it seems like the director did a ton of stuff um, just because he was super passionate about it. And for him, it was uh, a film that paid tribute to both Italian giallo and American slasher movies. So he kind of wanted to mix those two loves into one. Um, and I feel like it's pretty successful in accomplishing that. Like the cinematography and the colors and everything are really awesome. And the music. Um, I actually like that the characters, like you, it feels like you kind of get to know them a little better than you do in a lot of other slashers. Um, so you actually, you know, feel oh, bad when cool. they die. Yeah. I mean, and it's not like a lot. It's not like a bunch of exposition or something. It's just like seeing these different groups of people that are in this movie theater um, and how they like talk to each other and stuff and how they're interacting. There's like this cute little mini love story going on with these teenagers and stuff. And then people are like brutally murdered in some really cool, fun ways. <laughs> and you're like, oh, cool. But also, <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> you kind of like them, you know? Um, so I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, let's see. The, the killer has an interesting collection I guess you could say and that part of it's never really explained but I think it's fine anyways um so you don't really know what his thing is like why is he killing why is he collecting this body part from people Ooh, um, okay. yeah <laughs> but that's the thing um and it's not explained and I think it's fine because of the kind of movie it is it's supposed to just be fun you know yeah um, so, yeah, I would definitely recommend that everybody give it at least a one-time watch. Um, it's something that I'll probably revisit for fun in the future. But, yeah, I liked it. I think it you should out, try and watch it again. Did it come out this year? Uh, yes, it came out in 2020 in Uruguay. But I think it just got released out here this year. Should I try to get it in before the end of the year to see if it's going to make my list? Like, is it that good? Uh, it's not in my top 10, okay. but it's like in the top half of my list. We did a top 20 last year, so I'm... Oh, that's true. ...raced to think that, you know, Mark might do it again. Might be in my top 20, but it'll be like towards the end. The tail it's probably end one I'll do just because I've already started it, and I can't think of why I didn't finish it, so I'll yeah. probably just get it wrapped up before the end of the year. Because yeah. I know Mark really liked it, and... I don't know. He and I agree about half the time, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I feel like with those movies where the directors are super passionate about the project, you can really feel that. Yeah. So even if it's not typically like a subgenre that you're into, it's just that you could feel the love that went into it, you know, yeah. and it just kind of gives it that little extra oomph. Yeah, you appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, totally. All yeah. right. Well, I for my first one, I'm going to bring up a theater watch because I always feel like... I should do that whether I liked them or not. Mm -hmm. And I actually loved this one. So this is Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Um, brief little synopsis. And like this just came out. I saw it last weekend. But I mean that was opening weekend. So um, Welcome to Raccoon City. Once the booming home of pharmacus 
pharmaceutical giant Umbrella Corporation. The company's exodus left the city a wasteland, a dying town with great evil brewing below the surface. When that evil is unleashed, a group of visitors must work together to uncover the truth be behind Umbrella and make it through the night. All right, so I have seen this getting some crap online, but I I actually loved it. And what I like best is that they like recon retconned all the other movies and started over. And they're like being really faithful to the games. Now, mm -hmm. I have a feeling as someone who played these games since the early 90s that, you know, I have an appreciation for this that maybe not everybody would have. However, yeah. I do feel that it's scary enough uh, to be a good horror movie for anyone. Some of the stuff like might not make sense um, if you're not as into the games as I was. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, they include like if this means anything to you, like if you play the zombies, all the creatures, all the gore, all of which I thought were really well done. And I think any of us who like played the game or if you're familiar with the game, I remember it being way back and me and my first husband used to play like when the kids would go down to bed at night and stuff. And we, I remember saying, man, this would make such a great horror movie. And it feels like somebody felt the same way and actually made the kind of movie that they always should have made with it. So, hey. um, and there's this great scene where a zombie writes itchy, itchy scratchy on the window in blood, which if you've played the game, that, that'll ring a bell for you. Um, I really like how they tried to incorporate some of the situations that are encountered in gameplay, like running out of ammo, solving puzzles, fighting big bosses, things like that, um, into the story. And I thought they handled that really well. Um, but like I said, if, you, if you're not a player... While I think you will enjoy those scenes, you might not totally get where some of that stuff came from. Um, the best thing about this is I was so excited to see the mansion. And they actually have the mansion from Resident Evil 1. Nice. Um, they've got all the characters. They've got the liquors. They've got the uh, zombie Dobermans. They've got the overrun Rackham cities, <laughs> the big bosses. Um, they even use the cut scenes, um, incorporate them in there. Everything from one, two, and even zero with the train. They've got the train. Um, unfortunately, this is where the budget shows a little bit because, and not that anything was done badly. It's just, it was all done very limitedly. So you don't, while you get the mansion from the outside and you get to kind of go in that foyer, like they do, in the, like you get very limited number of rooms and stuff. So I think that's kind of where, you know, you get tastes of stuff. It's like, man, I want more of that. And I think they just... <laughs> Might not have had the money for that. My uh, only gripe is the casting, and this may be personal. Well, I thought that Wesker and Ada were spot on. The rest of the castings, like Claire, Leon, Jill, and Chris, they were fine, but they made Jill black, and they made Claire's personality didn't really fit her. It's like they tried to make her a badass, which I don't think she really was in the game. So, like, they tried to put some modern spin on it, some of today's sensibilities to it. And this is just, to me, this is not the place to do that. Like, don't make everything else so true to the game and then you're going to tweak these little things to give it a more modern sensibility because it takes place in, you know, the 90s just like the game did. So there's really, I don't, I don't know, I don't think they needed to put those feminist spins on it, which I, yeah. I appreciate that. I'm glad the world is making these changes, but sometimes it's, it's just too much, you know? Yeah, um, totally on the same page with you on this. Yeah, it's like, it's fine, but like it. If it's like already it well-established character that I'm already familiar with, you don't need to change that. Yeah. You know, don't do that to me. 
Um, there is a stinger at the end, so you might, if you do go see it, wait for it, uh, which is obviously setting it up for sequels, which I'm so happy about, and I do hope they keep it going just like this one. Um, like I said, I really enjoyed this. I would say see it in the theater for sure, especially if you're a, an Uber fan like me. It has great gore, really, really good gore and kills, and I think they really uh, did a really, really good job. And so things I'm seeing online, it seems to be like kind of like really split 50-50. And I have a feeling like the really high marks are coming from people that have like been on board for 25 years, you know? Yeah. So, I feel like yeah. all, all I've really heard from fans is like people who just aren't interested in the franchise and they're like, oh, I don't want to see it. I just don't want to see another reboot. Um, but everyone that I've heard that's actually gone and seen it, I have only heard them say good things. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So well, that's promising. I don't see, I didn't know anybody personally that went to see it. So I've just been like, I always try to read after I've gone, I'll look online just to kind of see, or maybe Facebook to see where things are falling. And Mark said he had heard both too. So yeah, I don't know. I just have a feeling that I'm not saying a hundred percent, but I have a feeling that line of divisiveness is drawn between like really hard fans or some people might have gotten kind of turned off by that the first set of movies with Mila Jovanovic or whatever her name is and right just know like that that stuff is all out the window it has nothing yeah know, they totally started this over so and for the record I love her like as a person and an actress but yeah when I first saw those movies I was like oh this is not what I'm looking for yeah. um you know after playing the games so yeah. excited to see the new one yeah. yay yay Good stuff. Well, also, so you said the casting wasn't, like, spot on, but was the acting okay? The acting was fine. Um, the the people that they did cast, I did kind of, like, recognize several of them um, just in, you know, like, um, trying to think, like, the one kid was in Zombieland, and, and it's just people, like, whose faces you'll recognize. They just didn't look like the characters from the game, but, like... Yeah. Wesker did and Ada did and then like I mean like exactly like the game and then so some of the the, the doctor guy I can't think of what his name is right now looked just like that all of the characters and the monsters and everything looks exactly like the game and then you have these three or four main characters who they've just totally gone a different direction with it's like no <laughs> you know? yeah like you're that effort to make sure everything else was spot on right yeah, that's so, weird. Yeah. But I mean, not, it doesn't take me out of it or anything. It's just like, it would have been just that much funner if they had mm -hmm. carried that through to the other. Because, you know, those four, four or five main characters are in every single game and have, you know, we've been with them for 20 some years now. And I don't yeah. want them to look like anything else, you know? Yeah, totally. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. So definitely. Good. I'm excited. <laughs> oh my God. When the Dobermans used to attack me. That was like the first time I felt that scared. <laughs> you know, when you're standing in the hall and you're waiting for that one to jump through the window and yeah. like, no matter how many times I played that game, it's like I, just the anxiety, you know, that yeah. knowing that they're coming, you know. Totally. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> All right. My <laughs> next one. Um, and this is another one I know Mark watched. I'm not sure if you've seen this one yet is The Deep House. Have you seen yes, The Deep House? Yes, I saw it. I, well, I okay. saw it like two thirds of the way through. Oh, so you didn't finish it? 
But that one I know for sure it wasn't because I didn't like it. Like I had to go do, and that was like, right, that came out in, I think in October when there was like a hundred things to watch. So I I just haven't gotten back to it. Okay, cool. A little summary for the listeners is a young and modern couple. (laughs) They have to throw in modern because of the scenario, but a young and modern couple who go to France to explore an underwater house, share their findings on social media, undergo a serious change of plans when the couple enters the interior of a strange house located at the bottom of a lake and their presence awakens a dark spirit that haunts the house. That might be a little misleading, but that's what the summary says. Um, But yeah, this is one of those, you know, modern movies where we're starting to see kind of newer fears come out that are around social media and technology and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of like how we had uh, Superhost earlier this year. It's kind of along those same lines, except that this couple isn't as annoying as the couple in Superhost, but it's that same kind of thing. They're doing it for the likes and the followers, but I think it's because it seems like the, the gentleman in the relationship is trying to make like a career out of it. So it's actually, you know, holds weight for him. It's not just because he wants likes or something, but um, this is actually, I believe this is a French movie. Um, and it appears that the director and writer, which is Alexandre Bastillo and Julian Mori, it seems like they pretty much work on everything together that they've done, um, which includes Inside and Kandisha. Um, but they also got a Julian David to help uh, with the English um, screenplay adaptation. So this is mostly in English. There's a couple of parts because they are in France for most of the movie where mm-hmm. um, some of the characters will be talking to each other in French, but for the most part, it's in English and the uh, male counterpart, his name's Ben. He's English, like from England. I um, mean, he's got his little English accent going on. That's um, Jagger's son. It is. Yes. It was so weird. I was like, there's something so familiar about him that I cannot place. He had a great voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so fun. I love yeah. that. But yeah, so this is a found footage. Um, and in my opinion, this is kind of one of those found footage movies where it actually makes sense that they're recording. Mm-hmm. Although I was trying to remember because they go underwater to this house that's at the bottom of a lake. So it's kind of like a haunted house, but in a lake situation. Um, not Not exactly, but kind of. Um, and they have their cameras, of course, because the whole purpose of this is that they go around to haunted places and film it and put it online. And their whole um, gimmick is that they go to like less popular locations. Um, and so obviously this one would be a big <laughs> unpopular location since it's at the bottom of a lake. But they have their <laughs> cameras because they're filming. But they also have like, um, what do you what do you call the little robot dude that's swimming with them (laughs) i know i'm like the Um, most technologically inept person ever but they have like a little (laughs) they have a little swimming robot droid dude 
that's like filming and shining light and stuff. So to me, it makes sense that they're actually recording everything, even though crazy stuff is happening. Um, and I know that that's a big problem for a lot of people who don't like found footage, including, I mean, I don't hate found footage, but that is something that bothers me sometimes where I'm like, why are you still holding the camera? I'm with you uh -oh. there, but like this whole influencer, it's like it has opened up. It's like the perfect reason to have found footage. You know, it exactly. works. These people yes. that, uh, you know, these lifestyle vloggers and YouTubers and stuff like that who literally like film their whole lives, you know, and that's how they make their living. So yeah. it, 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 it's kind of like found footage has kind of come into its own. You know, yeah. There's actually a reason now. There's people who, like, literally film their whole lives for, you know, and then hope to get enough stuff to splice together to make a video. So Yeah. Like, <laughs> I will never understand that personally, but um, teach their own. <laughs> I, I get... <laughs> I get total three days of anxiety knowing I have to do a podcast, let alone one on video, you know, like I can't, I guess it's, it'd be that personality though. You know, I just can't be imagined like just opening up my whole life like that, you know? Yeah. Me either. Having Not to be camera either. ready all the time and everything. No, thank you. Yeah. No. I mean, look at, look at me. Does this look? <laughs> I have headphone hair. I got my old t-shirt on. This is as good as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I actually did. I overall, I like this movie. Um, when I first heard the premise, I was like, that's stupid. Why would there be a haunted house at the bottom of the lake? But the way that they make it work makes sense. Um, and it's actually pretty creepy. There's some really creepy, effective scenes that really oh, there's like a lot of there's a lot of tension building you know because of course they're scuba diving and air yep. will eventually run out and that yep. totally freaked me out as I was watching it uh, too, I think what makes it even just one little bit or for me personally what made it super creepy is this town where they go um it's nobody built a house underwater like a, a lake has come and flooded this whole area right so people were like driven from their homes and some people didn't make it and this yeah. one that they seem to go that go to seems to be kind of off from the rest of them but I guess the area was like I mean that would be so creepy because when you go down to these houses it would look like you know just how how it looked up into that last minute of the flood coming or whatever I just think right. that is so creepy you know it there's is. no way I think I said to Mark when he was talking about it, I'm like there's not enough money on this earth that would get me to go down there no way no Oh my God, I was so freaked out. I that was know, something I actually appreciated about um, the female character, Tina, was that like, this is her fiance's thing that he likes to do. And you can tell that she's trying to go along with it so that yeah. they can do this thing together. But that she also is like, not a diehard, crazy no. adventurer yeah. like he is. Right. Um, and I really like the way they portrayed her character as like someone who's like, I see that this is important to you and I want to be a part of it. But also, what are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Um, yeah. So I appreciated. There were like a couple of points where you're like, Tina, what are you doing? Why are you going along with this thing? Um, but for the most part, I felt like she was pretty well-rounded and realistic. Um, I will say that there are a couple of like cat jump scares, but they're underwater. So it's fish. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that was kind of funny. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, dumb jump scare. But I'm like, eh, it's kind of funny, though. 
because this would it be it works though because I, I mean it did for me like i said i've only seen like half of it but i was so tense anyway just as soon as they started going down it like I don't like the scuba diving, you know, like just that yeah. whole thing made me tense. And I remember we were doing our, our space series. Then, and I mentioned that like water is like the inverse of space. It's like just as unknown to go down there as it is to like go out into space. You know, okay. I don't care. I, you do not know what's going on down there, let alone trying to get me to go into like this abandoned house. No, there's just, no, I couldn't. No. So I'm already so tense, you know? Yeah, I might swim around the exterior of it, but there's no way I'd go inside of it. Like, absolutely no way. Uh, Tammy will stay on the shore and do that. I'll do the filming of you guys going out there under yeah, there you go. water. But yeah, I'm not going. Yeah, no. it was oh. pretty freaky. So yeah, I found it to be pretty effective um, for what it seems they were going for. So I would recommend that people give it a watch. Um, maybe if you hate found footage, don't. But like I said, I feel like it makes found footage make sense. So maybe it's something you do want to watch so you can like kind of give found footage another try. <laughs> that and I just appreciate that it's a different setting. I've never really seen that. Yeah. Know, that underwater haunted kind of thing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It was cool. And it's cool that they were able to make it work in a way that you could actually kind of believe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. My turn. <laughs> All yep. right. I'm going to bring up a movie that pissed me off so bad but it just came out and I know lots of people are watching it so I'm going to talk about this is Silent Night um that just came out it got a theater release and then it also is on AMC plus um and I had like I heard some buzz about this and I thought it was going to be really good and oh my gosh okay so it stars Kira Knightley which I liked seeing her I haven't seen her in a while and Matthew Good who is a total hubba hubba So that part was fine. So a little synopsis is a couple invite their closest friends to join their family for Christmas dinner at their idyllic home in the English countryside. As the group comes together, it feels like old times, but behind all of the laughter and merriment, something isn't quite right. The world outside is facing impending doom and no amount of gifts, games, or wine can make mankind's imminent destruction go away. Surviving the holidays just got a lot more complicated. So, if you hate Christmas, this is the movie for you. <laughs> here's, here's a little review. <laughs> yeah, that's you, right? You or me. I thought of you when I read this. So, this, this, I saw this little review, and I just I have to steal it and use it. Someone put, I credit the actors for giving it their all, but this is a despairing, depressing bummer that lacks a reason for being. That is exactly how I feel. Okay, so this movie made me so mad. First off, I'll say if like if the mist is your you know the latest of reiteration of the mist with that terrible horrible ending. If that is your kind of movie, then this is the movie for you. Um, when I got done, I was just like, what was the point of that? Like, I don't even care that it's so dismal. If there's a reason for it, or I yeah. get something out of the movie. And no, I'm not talking like I need an explanation because you don't get one. The whole thing is just utterly pointless. Mm-hmm. And and if that's what you're into, then bravo, they knocked it out of the park. But to me, it was just, it felt like it was released by someone who just abhors Christmas and just wants to make everyone feel horrible. And also, <laughs> <laughs> also, while this is obviously British humor and might fall slightly flat on American sensibilities, Mm-hmm. The humor is just awful, and it feels like blasphemous mixed in with the plot line. The plot line, literally, I, I uh, 
I, I hate to see me saying anything because I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but it's the last day on earth and every, and so it's on Christmas. So hot tip, everybody's going to die. I think they say it right. You know, you know, I'm not think I'm spoiling it because you find out right away. Okay. Okay. And I'm thinking, I, I don't need like someone to, come in and save the day or to figure it all out i don't know what i wanted i knew what it was from the beginning but for some reason still i was like oh i mean i wanted to like take a shower from the inside (laughs) i I just wanted this movie off of me and away from me and it's it's horrible because it's played as this happy funny or trying to be funny and some parts were a little funny i did laugh Mm -hmm. but they just play like, uh, and then it's got an ending like the mist. That's all I can say without like totally giving it away. So now I've just given them two hours of my time investing in this family, I guess, waiting for something to happen. And then when nothing does at the end, I was like, oh, I'm so mad that I watched that. <laughs> no, like, I'm just so mad. Aww. I don't know. So I. I would say watch at your own risk. That's all I can say. Uh, it's absolutely horrifying and not in a good way. Like not why I like what I come to, you know, horror movies for. Yeah. It just, it left me feeling just so terrible. And to me, that's not enjoyable. And it's not that it's a bad movie. It obviously had a large budget. They have actors in it. You'll know, especially if you like horror or British stuff. Like I do, like I have a Brit box subscription. I like, British movies and British TV mm-hmm. so I knew a lot of the people but still I, and it like you can tell it has that Hollywood kind of production polish on it so it wasn't that the m- movie was bad or the acting was bad it's yeah. just so dismal and just takes the completely took the wind out of me you know so yeah. I would say watch, watch at your own risk maybe it's somebody's cup of tea it just was not my cup of tea <laughs> so well, at the very least, I do feel intrigued, so I'll give it a watch and I'll let <laughs> you, you know. You know what? It's for me. you, I think you'll be able to stomach it just fine. Like, I don't think it's going to, like, you already, Christmas has kind of lost a little bit of its shine for you already, you know? So, like, yeah. you know, you're not like a Hallmark movie-watching kind of chick. Oh, my God. But, um, you know, yeah, it was just, man, I just felt totally deflated after I watched yeah. it. You know, it's funny as I did watch like a Hallmark Christmas movie because my mom told me to. And I was like, Mom, why are you telling me to watch this? I hate Christmas. She's like, you do since when? (laughs) Forever. Are you my mom? Like my whole life. (laughs) I like I watched it with Raina. I was like, well, Raina loves Christmas. Maybe she'll like this. And even she was like, why are we watching this? I was like, I don't know. Grandma told us to. Let's just watch it. And I wanted to, like, kill myself the whole time. Oh, so oh, I thought you were going to say maybe. You know what? It wasn't so bad. No, it was terrible. <laughs> I hated every second of it. it. even had Aubrey Plaza in it. That was, like, the only thing I liked. Um, it had a lot of big well, people in it. What? Uh, it had a lot of big people in it. Um, it had like Kristen Stewart and David from Schitt's Creek and a bunch of people. Um, but I, I was just like, more and more of those have like well-known actors. And I think it's a cash cow for them. Like, I think those yeah. movies do really well and they get, it's probably an easy job for them and an easy paycheck. And, you know, yeah. they probably, it's probably filled in summer. So they just do that and then they get time off and, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but and this you is know, the funny, opposite like, of, a, of a Hallmark movie. So. Yeah, yeah, maybe I will like it and balance myself back out from that Christmas. I can't believe I watched a Christmas movie. <laughs> like a straight up Hallmark Christmas movie. I, well, I won't. <laughs> I won't tell anyone. Don't worry. Your secret. <laughs> yeah, only all of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So for my next one, I watched Black Friday, and I watched it on Thanksgiving, not Black Friday, because I didn't want to wait. Um. Because Bruce Campbell's in it, and everyone knows oh. Campbell's my favorite number one person in the universe. I didn't know he was in there. I saw that. Like, I think Mark has it on his Plex. I'm not sure. I'm like. Yeah. Did they really make a movie about Black Friday? They and did. Cast it up. No, it was fun. Um, I actually I don't usually get to watch Thanksgiving horror movies around Thanksgiving because I'm just like busy with family and stuff. But because of wonderful COVID, um, Thanksgiving plans were ruined. So I was home and I did watch a bunch of Thanksgiving movies. So I watched this. I watched Thanksgiving for the first time. <laughs> I watched Blood Rage for the first time, um, and that was awesome. And I watched Adam's Family Values for, like, the billionth time. Um, (laughs) All very good choices. Yeah. But Black Friday was surprisingly really good, I think. I mean, obviously, it's like a popcorn movie. It's not deep. Is it funny? Is it, like... Is yes, it about, like, literally about Black Friday shopping? Is that what it's about? It is, but it's with, like, kind of a zombie alien creature feature twist. Ooh. Um, yeah. Like yeah, but it does have a lot of, like, what's terrible about Black Friday, you know, spun into the whole premise and plot of the story, um, which really honestly gave me a little bit of PTSD from when I worked at Starbucks for 13 years, you know, and I always had to work all the holidays and Black Friday and stuff. And just like them getting ready and you see like their souls leaving their bodies. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, I remember that. Oh, it's terrible. But you know, I, there's... Worked, at, I worked at Amazon for three years. So uh, your soul does leave your body. That is for sure. Terrible. It's literally one of the reasons I hate, like, the Christmas season is just, like, all the consumerism and terribleness. Um, You know what you need? You need church. Oh, yes. That must be it. That'll get me in the Christmas spirit. That'll fix you. Yeah. (laughs) So a plot summary um, (laughs) for this is that on Thanksgiving night... A group of disgruntled toy store employees uh, begrudgingly arrive for work to open the store at midnight for the busiest shopping day of the year. Meanwhile, an alien parasite crashes to Earth in a meteor. This group of misfits, led by their store manager, Jonathan, who's Bruce Campbell, um, and longtime employee Ken, soon finds themselves battling against hordes of holiday shoppers who have been turned into monstrous creatures hell-bent on a murderous rampage on Black Friday. Okay, that sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun, and they really don't give a lot of background to the aliens and, like, what the motive is or anything, but the special effects look really cool. The practical effects, like, the creatures look really gross and goopy and cool. Um, <laughs> and there's like a kind of like a kaiju alien at the, the end. Um, so it's a lot of fun. But there's actually some crazy actors on this. Or maybe not crazy, but it was just like a lot of people I was excited about. Like 
Devin Saw was in it. And I think it's so fun that he's been returning to horror the last few years. Um, maybe he's not everybody's cup of tea, but uh, Idle Hands was like one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Um, you know, and he's just like in some of the stuff that was coming out like when I was in middle school and in high school. So it's just fun. And I think he's actually pretty good. Um, you know, this is like a very high contrast to Hunter Hunter. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's cool. Um, Ivana Baccaro was in it, and she was Ophelia, the little girl in Pan's Labyrinth. And she's like the main girl in this. So I, I thought that, that was. Labyrinth, sorry. Oh, you never saw it? No, because it's what's his name? I know, but it's so good. <laughs> but she was. Yeah, like, sure. Oh. <sighs> okay. And also, um, Michael Jai White is in it, and he's Spawn from the old Spawn movie. Which uh, I don't know if you're I a fan of. I recognize his name. Uh, what else is he on? Okay, I know who that is. Yeah, I only put down Spawn because I was so excited once I realized who it was. Um, <laughs> I That was definitely like a guilty pleasure of mine and my mom's when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, there's just like a bunch of people in it. And it's oh, just a fun cast. It's a fun ensemble um, of characters. And Bruce Campbell's kind of playing himself a little bit, you know, like his jokey jerky i mean he's not a jerk he's amazing but you know that kind of same thing that he does yeah. the time that he's like loved for um so i love that of course and he does get like a moment of redemption um but yeah it's just fun i mean it's about black friday <laughs> and consumes, i think i will I'm, I'm gonna see that but i think i'm gonna save it for when landon's here in a couple weeks it sounds like something he really likes bruce campbell and nice I, it sounds like that's something he would something good thing for us to watch together it sounds like something he would like sit down with me and watch so yeah yeah totally yeah that would be a good landinator movie for sure well i'm writing it down Black Friday. check okay <laughs> all right your turn that's all i had to say about it all righty i am going to bring another one that just came out is also i guess technically a christmas movie and this is the advent calendar did you see it no what no. do I have you for? What I had time do for I a have stupid for? Hallmark Christmas movie, but not <laughs> any for Christmas. I, I just had to have a conversation with Landon about priorities, and I think I'm going to have to have the same conversation <laughs> with you. <laughs> Go get your dad, and let's have a conversation here. Okay. All right, yes, so mom. this just released on Shutter, and it is in French, so you will have to, uh, you know, be willing to put up with subtitles. Um, Eva. A little synopsis. Eva, an ex-dancer, is now living in a wheelchair, unable to walk, when her friend Sophie gives her an old wooden antique advent calendar before Christmas. She realizes, realizes each window contains a surprise that triggers repercussions in real life. Some of them good, but most of them bad. Now Eva will have to choose between getting rid of the calendar or walking again, even if it causes death around her. Okay, so I absolutely loved this movie. It is so good. This reminded me, if, I, if there's good. any other um, Stephen King fans out there, this reminded me a lot of the Stephen King movie um, or book, uh, Gwendy's Button Box. It's a story of a girl who's, both of these are stories of a girl who is given this box with no explanation that makes her do terrible things by giving her pieces of candy. And she has to do whatever the box wants her to do. She doesn't have a choice or it'll kill her. Um, and this stars Eugen 
I'm gonna, here's my French coming out. Eugenie Derouin. <laughs> you would say oh, that is music to my ears. <laughs> who is the only character that you need to know. You won't know anybody else in here. And it's very important with the story that you connect with Eva, which I did right away. I really enjoyed her. She did an amazing job. I mean, she has to carry the whole movie from her wheelchair and uh, while dealing simultaneously with this evil, wonderful gift that she's been given. And I thought she just did a great job. I loved the ending, even though it was slightly unsatisfying. It's perfect. Uh, and by, uh, I don't want to give it away, but by saying it's unsatisfying, it's not that it was a bad ending. It's just not the one that you're hoping that you're going to get. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we've said that more and more lately, like, oh, they didn't, you know, they kind of gave us the ending that we didn't think we would get. And this is another example of that. But, of, you know, of course, that's the ending that it was going to be. You had to see it coming from the beginning, but it's still you're just like, no, I <laughs> I like her so much. I don't want that to happen to her, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, and it is a little slow and you do have to put up with the subtitles and you really have to pay attention. There's a lot happening in the hour and a half. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot to really pay attention to, but it's just a really cool idea. You know, it's something different I haven't really seen before. I think it's cool that they turned an advent calendar evil. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this one that she gets, it's like, it's not one of those like Lego advent calendars, you know, it's like this, her friend got it in Germany and it's like this, I'm doing hand motions that none of you can see, but Jessica can see. I can see. It's like this, <laughs> it's like this big ornate wooden thing. And like when she opens the door stuff, little, little, little wooden characters will come out or just, it's very ornate, almost like clockwork kind of a thing. Mm. And so it's just really cool looking. But it's also just like really super evil. So yeah, yeah it's it's just a really cool idea. And one hundred percent seek this out. It's a must see. It will be on my list at the end of the year. And like it's just different enough that it was really, really enjoyable. And yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So cool. A I'm actually excited to see it. <laughs> Yay, like Christmas. It. You will <laughs> like it. Nice. All right, so on to one that wasn't Tammy's favorite and sadly wasn't my favorite, which is Antlers by Scott Cooper. Um, oh, Mark's not here to defend himself. Go ahead. Did you say you didn't or didn't like it? I mean, it's weird. Like, I like it enough, and I recognize yep. that it's technically good, yep. but it felt like it was lacking, yep. like... <laughs> magic or something something right it was when i was trying when mark was like let's fight about it and then when it came down to the discussion it's like it's more like how i felt and it was hard for me to put into words what i yeah. felt it's so weird it's like i can't even really explain it like the yeah. acting is good yeah i like the actors i love jesse plemons i'm so excited every time i see him in something mm -hmm. um it's very atmospheric and beautiful yep. It's yep. uh, it takes place in Oregon, but it was actually filmed in British Columbia. Um, and I is love Oregon that. Was that is 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 it that does dismal? Is everybody on that? Well, parts of it, yeah, not where I'm it's at. Old but. rundown mining towns and yeah, like more towards the south of Oregon, but I'm like at the tippy top of Oregon, um, so it's a little different. I think heroin's bigger up here <laughs> in Portland. In the, in the posh north. <laughs> yeah. Not in my neighborhood, but you know what I mean. 
it's That's Portland. Good. It's a big good. city. So, um, but yeah, so I was excited that it was set in Oregon. I thought it was really beautiful in like a super depressing way, which is like yep. what I love about Oregon. That's literally why I wanted to live here. Yeah. Um, I love the creature design. Um, one thing I yep. did agree with Mark on was that I felt like we saw just enough of it. Like I didn't want to see too much more because there is CGI and I'm just like, a hater of CGI. Yeah. So I felt like for what they were going for, they showed just enough of it to keep it like still kind of believable for me. Cause I'm mm. someone who gets really taken out by that. Um, you know, like for example, I do not like the new it movies. <laughs> I've tried to rewatch them so many times, but with the amount of CGI in it, it just completely takes me out of it. Um, I had that opinion and I got, in a lot of trouble for having that opinion. So I share your opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's my daughter's favorite movie. She loved, she loved the, the, the newest it. And before that, the old one was her favorite, but mm-hmm. um, no, I said, I can't do it with all the CG. So I felt like they did a good job at showing you just enough of the creature without mm-hmm. it looking too fake. Um, I love how dark and depressing it is. You know, I like the implications of the final scene. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it was like the directing felt flat or what. Don't ask me because I have I gone know. round and round in my mind and I can't come up with what's wrong with it. But there's something wrong with it. Yeah, I know. And it's such a cop out for me to say I don't know what it is. Um, I I'm going like- to back you up on that, though, because I don't either. I don't. Yeah. And Mark, you know, Mark is like, well, you need to be able to defend when you say that and it's like, yeah, but sometimes I just can't, you know, I just, I don't know. It's more like a feeling with this movie for me. I don't know. Right. I did. I did note that. Um, I'm thinking that maybe it's the directing because I feel like if you have a really good director behind something, you can take a story and turn it into a visual feast, you know, because otherwise like I, I will read it in script form or book form you know what I mean so if you're gonna like make a story a movie like you have to be good at creating something visually that's like different or magical so that was the only thing I could kind of come up with I'm not sure I mean I also really appreciated the different like forms of trauma that they go over and like the different ways that people deal with trauma um you know, there's some pretty brutal stuff they show with the little boy. Yeah. With him trying to deal with his situation. And I, like, appreciated that they went there. Um, so it's so weird. There's so many things I like about it. But for yeah, some but reason, it does like, well. It does really, really well. It's like it almost gets there. And then for some reason, I don't know, it just, it just didn't for me. But what yeah. it does well, it does really, really... Well, I agree with everything that you said. I mean, it is, it's a feast for your eyes for sure. Yeah. Like, I think that I'm still not mad that I saw it on the, you know, paid the money to see it at the movies. It was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I still gave it a pretty good score, you know, because I just can't really explain what about it feels mediocre, but it just for some reason does. Um, so, yeah, I suck. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I, I, apparently I suck too then, so. Yeah, I felt like when you were talking about it, you know, and then I went and saw it, I was like, now I know exactly what she means, but also I have no idea what <laughs> we mean. Um, but hey, we agree for once. Yeah, Woo-hoo! 
<laughs> no, I, I appreciate Mark's zest and, you know, his zealous yeah. love for it. I just, it just didn't connect with me like that. So it, it's each his own, but I don't like, I don't want to imply that this was a bad movie in any way. It wasn't. It was just yeah. lacking something for me. And it is definitely a downer. So, yeah. but you know what? Okay. As opposed to like uh, Silent Night that I was talking about before, this kind of like, there's almost like a payoff to this downer. There's like a reason right. for it. It's like, that's the tone of the, you know, I'm fine yeah. with that. Um, yeah. Cause it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. adds to the story and there's a, you know, a reason for it and everything else. But um, right. Yeah. I liked all the downer elements of it for sure. <laughs> I'm definitely going to rewatch it, you know, at some point and see if maybe it, I, it starts to grow on me more or something. Uh, maybe it's just like a first time watch deal but that was just you know my initial response to it yeah i feel you yep your did turn. you go did you see it at the movie i or did you? i went and saw it all by myself i always go by myself that's the way to do it yeah i love it i mean <laughs> i love going with Raina too but yeah i love going with landon too but I'm yeah like- I can't do that all the time, so. Right. Yeah. And I can get I can get Jim and Raina to go for certain, like, big movies. Um, you know, that, that, like, we all went and saw Candyman because, like, all of them were excited to see that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if it's something like this, I'm like, it's okay. I can go by myself. <laughs> oh, too bad you live so far away. We could be movie buddies. I know. One day. <laughs> Someday. All right. <laughs> Uh, next up, another really, really good one. This is The Feast. Did you watch this? Mm-mm. Which one's this? That doesn't even right. sound familiar. It's also just released, um, and it is available on all rental platforms. Um, so this is filmed in Welsh, a little synopsis. Um, this picture follows a young woman serving privileged guests at a dinner party in a remote house in rural Wales. The assembled guests do not realize they are about to eat their last supper. All right. So another one that is in with subtitles. It's in Welsh, which I have to admit my American stupidity. I don't know anything about this language or this part of the world. Their language, like, you know, it's subtitled in in English, so you, you know, you can understand what they're saying, but in some of the parts, like, the Welsh uh, stuff will show up, you know, it's, it just, it, their language looks like little symbols and, like, sound, it's really strange, but, yeah, yeah, I don't know, it was, it was fascinating, but I, like I said, I just have to admit, I know nothing about this part of the world, it looks very beautiful, though, um, let's see, so, anyways, right up front, I came so, so close to giving up at the 10-minute mark and the 30-minute mark. I was so confused. It is painfully, painfully slow, which I don't normally mind, but it's got a lot of scenes of the main girl just hiding and watching people or staring off into space. And I found her personality so off-putting. And I figured, all right, she's just supposed to be weird. What the heck is going on? You know, where is this movie going? I'm going to give up on it. I don't like it. And then, about a little bit past the halfway mark it all clicks and mm-hmm. everything starts to engage and it just goes crazy so people hang in there 
take it from me who will give up on something. And like I said, I came so, so close, but I did it. Not only did I make it to the end, but this will be on my end of the year list for sure. Um, I want to say as little as possible. I feel like this is probably a telling of some kind of like Welsh folktale or I don't the creature i don't even know if there is i don't know i don't know i don't know if there's a creature they don't quite say but they kind of imply but when you finally find out what is up with this girl and why she's acting the way you know why she was being so weird for the first half of the movie it's like oh so just try to get through a lot of that beginning exposition and just put up with her for a little bit because I promise you that it is so worth it when it all kind of clicks and the story kind of takes off and everything goes from being normal to being the complete opposite of normal Mm -hmm. and you get to watch this incredibly privileged family meet its end and I'm going to go ahead and say that because it says right in the tagline this is their last supper so I'm not (laughs) really spoiling anything for you um, yeah. Just stay attentive and hang in there, and it is just mind-blowingly good by the end. But it's definitely an investment. But I say it's totally worth it. So, oh. for sure, for sure, see this, the feast. So I'm good. so excited. Yeah, it's so good, and it's just so satisfying to see these pompous assholes. Oh, we're not I'm supposed to gotta cut that mark. Sorry. <laughs> 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 You know, these bad people get what's coming to them. That's all I'm going to say. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very satisfying that way. But it's just, like I said, I think there's like a folk story, creaturey thing kind of hidden in there somewhere. And cool. yeah, it's just really good. Definitely, I for sure definitely got to see it. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Something that you were going to give up on that won you over has oh, got to be like the best movie. I, I paused, got up, went to the bathroom, whatever. Like, all right, I'm going to keep going because, you know, I've like watched everything and I was running out of things to watch. And I'm so glad that I stuck it out. It was really good. That is awesome. I'm going to watch that one soon. All right. My next one is VHS 94. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, lots of directors and writers Mm -hmm. um, for different segments. So I won't go over all of them. Yeah, you know, for me, and I haven't seen any of the VHSs, which I know is super crazy, and no one's ever going to believe that I'm an actual horror fan, but um, <laughs> I just, like, haven't gotten around to them yet, but I love anthologies, so mm-hmm. I totally intend to at some point, and at first I was like, I'm not going to watch this because I'm going to make myself watch the other ones first, and then I was like, nah, I'm just going to watch it, so I watched it, and, you know, some of them are really good, and then some of them are not good, mm-hmm. uh, So it kind of ends up being kind of middle of the road because it kind of evens out. And I think that if they hadn't ended on what I thought was the worst segment, then if that hadn't been like the final, you know, lasting moments of the movie, that I probably would have held it in higher regard. Especially because the one before it is like my second least favorite. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I hate the last two segments. Is that uh, the Trump guys with the yeah. guns? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one was just kind of like whatever. And yeah. then the SWAT team deal was like, what is happening? Um, and let me see. I actually, it was hard for me to put them in the order that I liked, but uh, it ended up being like in the order in which you see them. 
So like number one's my favorite. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then the last one, the wraparound, is my least favorite. But I like the first three a lot. Um, so you like the I, sewer one the best. I liked the wake the best. That scared the ch- out of me. I had to turn it off like three times. Yeah, you know, initially I thought that that was probably going to be my favorite, but then like the more I kept thinking about them, it just went in order of how I saw them. Yeah. So I like the, st- the storm drain one the best, mm-hmm. and then I liked that Indonesian one second, mm-hmm. and then I liked the wake third. But it okay. did also really freak me out, and I really liked how it ended. Yeah. Uh, but it was really good at ramping up yeah. the tension <laughs> for a short, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but yeah, I did like that one a lot. It was just the last two. And I just wish that they didn't put like the worst ones at the very end. Um, Cause it just makes. They didn't even need that wraparound. It was dumb and it didn't even necessarily, it didn't like tie it, you know, it had no purpose and it just wasn't good. I just, see, I liked them all, but um, except the wraparound I didn't like. And I think Mark said the same thing. Like. I'm going to say that that's like the worst wraparound I've ever seen in an anthology. But this is still like this is still definitely a decent anthology, and I'm just someone who likes anthologies a lot. Um, so I don't, I don't think I've ever seen one that I just like hate. And that's kind of what's great about them is you see a crappy segment, and then you get a good segment. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, I, unless you totally hate anthologies, I would recommend that everyone give this a watch. But I think it's fun. I like the whole concept of them, you know, being on a, a VHS in the the '90s um for found footage yeah well in my opinion of all the vhs movies this one in my opinion is by far the best so if you didn't love this one you probably don't need to be in a hurry to see the other ones but that's just my opinion so okay yeah Yeah, i feel like everyone talks about the first one so much and i just haven't gotten around to it yet i think it was pretty groundbreaking at its time it really seemed like something different i don't know how different it'll feel to you now but um I mean, it, it's good. I just think this one, I, I obviously like this one more than you did, but I just felt like this one was far and away, you know, the best. Yeah. And whenever something can actually scare me like that, I really appreciate it. It's so fun to feel that, you know, you don't, I don't get to feel that that often where I'm watching, yeah. you know, like this. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I know. And I really love it when a short story is able to do that, whether it's, you know, in film or in a book if you're reading in something in short form and I love short stories too and it's making you feel so much and then it ends and you're like oh I'm totally invested in the story and it's so short but for some reason I like love that I do too that's what's cool about anthologies they can pack a real punch um, yeah you know in a short amount of time yes so yeah I thought it was cool I think I probably like the storm drain one the best because it's like goofy and fun and I love the end of it. Um, and you know, that's just kind of how, that's just my speed. Yeah. <laughs> I love comedy and horror mixed together. I'm sorry. But the Indonesian one like really pulled at my heartstrings and made me feel super weird just because like technology stuff always does. And that's why I love sci-fi horror too. Oh, um, me too. Like when are they going to do some more Black Mirror we all need that in our life. But I thought the CGI in that Indonesian one was some of the best CGI I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why. You could not tell. I mean, That's I would true. believe they were walking around looking like that. You yeah, know? that is true. Yeah, maybe it's because they had the whole, like, VHS um, 
style going on and you know they have like the I don't know yeah it's not quite as clear right yeah. sharp or whatever you want to say that's probably a little bit of it um mm -hmm. and it's weird to see that like um such what seems like such modern technology on a VHS tape you know but right. it works so good I thought yeah yeah I agree if but you yeah. like shorts I didn't write this down but um do you have you have Amazon Prime? Mm -hmm. You know, there's like a channel you could get on there called like IMDb channel. You see okay. that it's got like movies and TV on it and stuff. Anyway, I just started the series. I've only watched like one. It's called Alter and it's A L T E R, not A L T, not like church A L T E R. And what All they've right. done is they've put it's kind of like an anthology and I think there's six or seven episodes and I've only watched one like I said but they've taken a bunch of horror shorts and they've kind of grouped them like episode one is all like zombies I think and then um the second one is kind of like hu some humor I guess and mm -hmm. then the third one that I watched um I forget what the, like the theme was but what they've done is just taken a bunch of horror shorts and then they've grouped them like by theme so I enjoy it like I love horror, horror shorts but sometimes it's a lot of work to you know you watch a whole bunch of bad ones to find a, one or two good ones you know yeah these are they like took some really good ones and then grouped them together and made like a series out of it and it's available on that IMD cha IMDB channel on Prime Video so you might want to check it oh. out just, like I said I can only really speak to the one that I watched and it had this one and by shorts some of them are like two minutes long and then some of them were like 25 minutes long so there's like okay. all you know but they were all good in this one episode that I watched in this the one I watched had this one called uh something bell Otis's bell or something like that it scared me so yeah. <laughs> I appreciated that so yeah you just might want to check it out if you know if okay you like cool. shorts because I don't know it's just it's hard to find groups of shorts that are really good or unless yeah. somebody tells me about it I usually don't even know that it exists out there and it's like somebody went through and like curated some pretty good you know groups of short of horror shorts and put them together which is nice right. you can just like watch them all at one time you know not have to like go around YouTube or whatever and try to find yeah. them. oh that's so cool yeah I do love that oh, what a great idea and like um there were some actors that I it's not going to be like big names or anything but there was people I recognize like probably from just horror movie you know stuff like that so I mean it, it, it's not like really cheesy ones they seemed like they were pretty good so yeah, yeah. Cool. Right, anyway, so um all right I'm gonna go with Lake of Death on Shudder and also on AMC plus did you see it no. Oh, girl. Lake of death. <laughs> I like that title. Lake of death. Um, another one with subtitles. It's Swedish, and it's actually called, I can't even say this, De Dodes Tjern. D-E-D-O-D-E-S-T-J-E-R-N. Lake mm -hmm. of death, I guess that says. <laughs> um, so anyway, Lillian and some friends travel back to a remote cabin by a little lake where her twin mother died last year. And soon after arriving, strange things start happening, inspired by the 1958 classic horror film of the same name, which I don't, I haven't seen. No. Oh, what's cool about this first off is it's like a love letter to so many horror movies. And they're kind of upfront about that. Like, like they don't even have to, they're not even trying to hide it. And yeah. so I was taking notes as I was watching uh, some of the references that I noticed. And I had Sam Raimi, uh, Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street Misery, 
Drag Me to Hell, Cabin in the Woods, and I'm sure there's more. Um, so this, it's a story of like this girl who is going back to like sell the family cabin and she goes there with her friends for like to kind of like do a, a like a I don't know just like a little memorial thing for her brother who disappeared well she left the cabin one summer to go off with her boyfriend or something and left her brother there and he so like it really is this cabin like out in the middle of the woods and he just disappeared nobody knows what happens to him but the lake that this cabin is on is supposed to be haunted um and which is that's just kind of a little bit creepy so it yeah. is a little slow um and it's painfully predictable as it goes on uh but there are some fun parts in the middle i also think there's some swedishness to it that maybe i just didn't understand or connect to some of the stuff that i think was supposed to be funny maybe i didn't necessarily get mm-hmm. however i had a ton of fun with this and if you don't mind subtitles and if you like an abandoned cabin in the woods with a creepy basement and a haunted yeah. Street, yeah, <laughs> a very um evil dead yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of like that yeah i yeah without giving too much away that's kind of where it goes um then you could definitely if you like those kind of things you could definitely do worse than this movie Unfortunately, though, none of the characters are even a little bit likable. And the brother-sister relationship goes places that I don't like brother-sister relationships to go. And I don't know if just Americans are uptight about this. Like, if that's okay and sweet, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, overall, I was had an okay time with this. Um, and, yeah, like I said, it was, duh. I mean, you know, it, it's not too hard to figure out. But I still had a really good time with it. And... There was definitely some creepy parts, and like I said, I, I enjoyed the all the little references that they like. This was somebody's love letter to horror movies, you know. Yeah. So it was it was more than I was expecting, and um, I I always love haunted lakes. So nice. if you like haunted lakes and creepy cabins and missing brothers and all that other kind of things in the basement, then uh, this is worth your time, I think. And and like I said, if you don't mind subtitles, so yeah, I would say watch it. Man, there is so much international horror this year. It's crazy. You know, I started to do, because, you know, we watch this stuff, like, over a month. And I started to work on my notes the other day. I'm like, oh, my God, like, every one of these is subtitles. Nobody's going to want to watch anything that I'm talking about. I know. It's crazy because I'll have certain, usually I'm fine with subtitles every once in a while. I don't feel like reading because I'm, like, laying in my bed without my glasses and I can't see. And um, (laughs) so I'm, like, digging through all these movies, like, oh, this looks cool. Subtitle. It's so many. I feel like there's more international horror movies than um, U.S. um, movies. It's crazy, but it's so cool. They seem to, like, come in waves, you know, and I'm not not a huge lover of subtitles. I don't hate them, and I'm not, like, prissy or anything. It's just, Mm -hmm. like, like I've said before, I like to, like, do stuff while I'm watching TV, so I don't want to... You know, I want to be able to, yeah. like, look away and not miss anything, you know? And yeah. Yep. But that sounds up my alley. So I'm def- you said it was on Shudder? Shudder. Uh, I think Mark has it on his. No, I watch it on. I watch it myself on my own Shudder. So but he might have it on his Plex. But you have Shudder, right? I do. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I have one more where I actually wrote out, like, note notes for it. But then I have, you know, like a list of other stuff that I can kind of just briefly touch on. Did you want to do like one more each and then just kind of like name off the rest? Yeah, because I have 
Yeah, I have one more that's like actually worth talking about, and then I would be fine with just listing the rest of the stuff. Perfect. On the same page. All right. So my last little mini review, if you want to call it that, is uh, No One Gets Out Alive from this year. I think I basically watched it as soon as we finished our last Rotten Roundtable because you guys have all seen it. Mm-hmm. You guys have all said good things about it. Yes. Like, okay, I need to get on it because it sounds like something that I'll love. So a summary for our listeners is following the death of her mother, an immigrant woman is in search of the American dream who, after being forced to take a room in a boarding house, finds herself in a nightmare she can't escape. Um, yeah, buddy. Yes. And so our main character, um, Ambar, she's coming. She's Is she coming from Mexico? I believe she's coming from Mexico. Yes. Yes. Um, and she, she might have been here for a, a little bit, but she's still living off the, like, she's illegal. Like, living yeah. off the grid and all that. She's an illegal immigrant who stayed back in Mexico to help her mother, um, who was ill. And then her mother passes away. So now she's trying to make everything work in the U.S. Um, I know it's it's filmed in Cleveland, Ohio. And I think that's actually where it also takes place, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, I found her character to be very sympathetic. Um, I really liked her acting. Yeah. I loved that she had her uncle Beto. Um, and that's like, that's such a common thing that I'm used to from Southern California, you know, is having some family out here. And this is something that I love about, you know, Mexicans in general is that they take care of each other and family yeah. is a really big deal to them. Um, and I thought he did a really good job at kind of balancing in between like, you know, he kind of finds out what her deal is and he doesn't want to get involved, but he's also her uncle. Yeah. And even though they don't even know each other, he like goes out of his way to try and, you know, come save her and protect her. And I found that to be yeah. really realistic of the culture. Um, that's literally like my favorite thing about all of my, you know, friends and and stuff. So um I love that part of it. There is a creature in this and it's not necessarily a story that totally lends itself to this creature. You know, this is a pretty um, ancient creature, well-known probably if you know anything about like basic mythology. Um, But it was so fun. I love the creature design. I love the creature so much. Yeah. Uh, and the whole movie is good, but honestly, I rewatched the last 20 minutes of the movie like three times. Like I came home from work and just rewatched the last 20 minutes of the movie because um, I was like, I want to make sure that I'm looking right at this thing. And <laughs> it has to be all CG and it looks so good. Yeah, so it, does. it was one of the best creatures I've ever seen on film. It's I so stand cool. by that. And I just love the whole sequence of events, like at the very end, um, especially the very, very end, you know, mm-hmm. like what what happens for our main character, you know, and what she figures out. And uh, I thought it was really cool. And it's not like the best movie ever, but I gave it a pretty high score. Um, I just enjoyed it. And it's one of those things where you think, you know, what kind of a movie you're going into initially, like what's going on with this boarding house yeah. ends up being something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. I don't even know if necessarily it works for like the location or the fact that they don't really 
explain too much of the backstory of how this came to occur in this Mm -hmm. place, but I didn't even care because I just like had so much fun with it. Yeah. And I, I, maybe fun's not the right word because this isn't like, this is one of those movies where you watch somebody have like things slowly taken away from them, you know, and it's just like everything wrong that can happen happens. And this person is like such a good person who's trying so hard and life is just, destroying them you know and it's just not fair um you know so and I don't want to ruin anything but everybody should go watch it it's really cool um I just hate these dumb titles and posters that are on all these Netflix movies like Mm. if you guys didn't tell me this was cool I would have never just put this on myself just because I'd look at that poster and read no one gets out alive and be like whatever throwaway movie no, it's not. It's really cool. Um, and I think they base it off of a book by the same guy, um, Adam Neville. Um, he also wrote the source material for The Ritual. Um, Ooh. You know, the movie The Ritual. That yeah. And I feel like that makes a lot of sense just mm-hmm. because of the kind of creatures that both of those uh, movies and novels apparently um, revolve around. So definitely think that it's worth a one-time watch at least i'm definitely going to rewatch it probably a lot (laughs) i I totally agree (laughs) and i loved that it was something um like i'm about to talk about one that i watched on a whim that on netflix that sucked but this is one of those where i felt like i just got lucky like i watched it on a whim and it ended up being something completely different than i the uh throwaway Netflix movie I thought I was getting not that Netflix doesn't have some good stuff they do but you know if I'm gonna watch something I haven't heard much about and it's on Netflix like if it's on Shudder I know it's if I haven't heard anything it's probably gonna be pretty good but if it's on Netflix it could go either way they're not they don't like specialize in horror or anything you know and I'm like this is one of those where you think man this is like too good to be on Netflix you know yeah (laughs) it's not getting the love that it needs it seems like things can kind of easily get lost on Netflix, too. I mean, maybe because of their choices and titles and posters. Um, <laughs> but it's like you really have to hear, you have to hear, like, some horror lovers start talking something up before you're like, oh. Like, I never even check Netflix anymore, to be honest. At least no, not I don't, recently. I, I, don't, I know you can, like, go online and get these codes to specifically look for certain stuff. But if you're just going to go off your feed, off your Netflix main page, and, like, yeah. if you look what they put on, like, horror movies, it's like, oh, my God. You know, yeah. I haven't, well, either they're things I've seen 875 times or have well, no, or I wouldn't even call a horror movie, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Mark, I think when I, Mark was who, like, really turned me on to, like, there's some really good hidden stuff on Netflix, especially, you know, from other countries mm-hmm. that does not even come. Like, if somebody didn't tell you they were they on there, you would not even know. Right. You know, you have to drill down so far to find this stuff. And then, yeah, there's some gems in there. And I think this is one of them. Yeah, I think there was at some point, I feel like they did an update or something where, like, I feel like you used to be able to go to the horror section and you could actually see every, but everything that was in horror. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of just, like, a selected small bunch of, you know, whatever's stuff the most for popular. normies to watch, you know, stuff that yeah. normies are going to watch. And which is yeah. fine. I know that's a huge, obviously, that, if that's who they're catering to, catering to, then there's a reason. That's yeah. their <laughs> biggest, probably, subscriber base, you know. The rest right. of us go to Shudder. Or they probably don't even, 
try to compete with Shutter. That's not their thing, you know. Right. But um, yeah. I mean, I swear though, like I don't know. I've had Netflix for I don't know how forever since it became a thing. And I swear mm-hmm. those same movies are like if you go on horror movies, it's the same <laughs> stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it takes them a while to start cycling through those for sure. All righty. All right. So my last one. In-depthy one. Yeah. Um, This one is Blumhouse Presents House on the Bayou. Did you see this one? No, but I'm aware of this one at least. (laughs) So this is a very, I think I got this on Mark's Plex. This is out there to rent, but they're doing that. You know, just got released and it cost $19.99 to rent it. I would say for sure don't do that, but wait for it to come down. But it's still worth renting. Like when it gets down to like a $3.99 rental, don't don't pay $19.99 or whatever. So a little synopsis is hoping for an idyllic getaway. A couple and their daughter visit a remote mansion in rural Louisiana. When suspiciously friendly neighbors show up uninvited, the weekend soon takes a sinister turn as dark secrets test the family's fragile bond. Mm-hmm. So I, this is one of those premises that I like where the protagonist gets get trapped in a space and no matter how many times they try to leave, they keep ending like right back up at the front door or whatever. I love that. I think that's so cool. Oh, that's so freaky. Um, <laughs> and I've seen it many times, but I, I just like that idea. And Satan even pops his head in here. Um, <laughs> I like the Louisiana back bayou life that I don't know anything about that I think kind of like exists in the underbelly of America, you know? Yeah. And they've got their whole own way of life and stuff and different beliefs. And it, it was just so it was like really pretty to look at and really interesting. Um, it's a little bit of a predictable story, but I still really liked it. And I really liked the lead girl. Her name is Angela Serafian. Seraf- and I know I've seen her in some other stuff. She has got these, like, really exotic looks. Like, she's really beautiful, but in a very unconventional way. And whenever she's on the screen, like, your, your eyes just immediately go to her. You know, like, you can't even watch anything else. Uh, and she plays the mom. And it's just this family that rents this. Um, they're having some trouble in the marriage. And they decide they've got one child. And they decide that, well, you know, we're going to take some family time. And they rent this place that's, like, as far away from civilization. I don't I don't think there's even any Wi-Fi or anything like that, which is deep in the swamps of Louisiana. She's about as far away as you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and they soon start having, like, run-ins with the locals. And um, this house kind of, like has like portals and I don't know how to like it's it's not even I don't it's very hard to explain but just I think when you like go into this house you like enter a different state of being I don't know how else to say that's really where you kind of have to like watch what I'm talking about but um it's just really really cool and I loved the idea and like I said Satan kind of pokes his head and and uh takes over and yeah, it's just like this family that, you know, just thinks they're just going on this vacation and then some really bad stuff starts happening to them. And it's got a really satis- very satisfying ending that I really liked. I wish the, um, like, Satan thing <laughs> was, like, a lot more fleshed out. Like, there was a really, a, a, they could have taken that story a little bit farther and really gotten more into, like, the lore and the 
hoodoo and all that kind of stuff that they have down there. But um, I don't know. I still really had a good time with it. Um, everybody was, the acting was really good. It felt a little indie, like maybe they didn't have the hugest budget. I'm surprised that they're renting this thing for $19.99. Like, I think that's hopeful wish. <laughs> you know, it's not like some great... I don't know. I'm, I was kind of surprised by that. But um, so, yeah, definitely don't pay that. But I still really liked it. And it seems like Blumhouse, though, is like doing more like PG-13 ish kind of movies. Mm. Like they're just not quite getting dark. And that's kind of like this reminds me of it's no better than any of those Blumhouse. Um, Welcome to the Blumhouses that come out at Halloween. Seriously, it's it's no better than that. So I don't know what's with the 1999 rental. But yeah. it's. It's just got that Blumhouse look and that Blumhouse feel where it just kind of stays. I don't know what it's rated. I don't even think it's rated anything, but it just kind of stays in that like PG-13 area instead of like, yeah, you know, just don't introduce me to Satan and then give me a PG-13 movie. You know what I mean? Like with portals and time dimensions and all and Louisiana back. Swat. Don't do that to me. You know, like yeah. take this thing all the way. But uh, I still liked it. So, yeah, hang in there for it to. Show up on Netflix or go down to a two three ninety nine rental or something, but yeah, it's good. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Eventually, give that a watch. <laughs> yeah, so. you don't need to rush out, but if like you've seen everything else, like me, it's it's a good watch. Okay, cool. All right, now we're just gonna kind of run through the last of our list and just touch like more briefly on things. Um, so for my new releases that I watched. Aside from what I already talked about, um, I saw The Manor, which is on Amazon. It's set in an old folks' home with beautiful Barbara Hershey. Oh, my God. She's so hot. And she's, like, in her 70s. May I look like that when I in 25 years? Seriously. Um, did you watch that one? Yeah. Okay, cool. What did you think? I really liked it. I think my, Mark and I both agreed that it was uh, really good with a really satisfying ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ending's fun. It was so funny because I watched that one with my one uh, horror movie friend out here and her um, fiance. And her fiance is literally like, why are they even dragging the scene out? Because we already know what they're going to do. And then yeah. they do the complete opposite. And he's like, oh. And oh, like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so it's fun. I don't think it's like the best movie ever, but I really appreciate like all the horrors around. This is kind of why I liked um uh, the amusement park too, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of centered around the way that people treat the elderly and it's just so terrible. I hate it. And I love Barbara Hershey in this. I think she curses up a storm. Like I am not a child. Stop talking to me like I'm a child. And she's clearly someone who has all of her wits about her. Um, and you just get so frustrated for her. Yeah. Um, and there's some like cool creature design and this as well. Um, that kind of is very surprising. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. There's like good notable actors in it and there's yeah. having a good time and I really enjoyed it. Um, let's see other movies. I watched both the columnist and the stylist, which I kind of feel like are in the same kind of category. You know, they I haven't seen the columnist yet, but I love the stylist so much. Yeah, I think you'd like the columnist as well then. Um, although the stylist I feel like is a little darker, Mm -hmm. like more serious and the columnist is a little more humorous, but it's definitely like not comedy comedy. It's dark humor. Um, but it's just like witty and well written. Um, 
And I think both of those were very good. And they're both kind of in line with like a female protagonist, you know, dealing with their profession and also their after work duties are very similar. Ah. Um, yeah, they both, you know, kind of reach the end of their rope. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use their jobs um, as kind of cover. Um, so they're both pretty similar in a lot of ways. And I enjoyed both of them, even though okay, I saw cool. them back to back. Yeah, I really did like the stylist too. I think so if I were going to pick like one over the other, I'd probably pick the stylist over the columnist. Um, but they're both very good. And the columnist, oh, I even told you what it was because I had thought it was German, but it's actually the Netherlands, I believe. Yeah, I think that, yeah. I think Netherlands. That's <laughs> um, so it's another international movie. Um, and... Oh, I think those are the only new, new ones I watched. Um, For some older ones, I finally got around to Daniel Isn't Real from a couple years ago. I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. I totally loved it. And I watched Bliss, um, which I think came out the same year. And it's kind of funny because those would kind of be a good double feature. Like one has a male protagonist and one has a female protagonist. But they kind of deal with some of the same themes. And also not. Um, but I loved both of them. They were both like nines for me. Oh, wow. Uh, and I finally watched High Tension. I had never seen it before. I'm trying to get in some like French extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen any of those. Oh, well, you, well, they're all very bleak. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> no, I've had enough of that this week. Enough, uh, yeah. They're all very, very bleak. Some of them are, like, really good, though. Um, This one I thought was fine. I have had it ruined for me because it's totally, like, dependent on the twist of the movie, you know. And so I try to go into it, like, pretending I didn't know. Um, I think it helped a little bit, but obviously I also did know. Um, But I think if you don't take everything too literally that you really enjoy it, it has some, like, really great gore. And, like, some really terrible themes to offer. <laughs> um, oh, like, yay. terrible in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's pretty. And I can only imagine back in, I think it came out, like, 2003 or something. It probably would have just, like, blown my socks off if I had seen it back when it came out. Um, and then, other than that, all I have are some shows that I've been watching. And they're kind of more just, like, genre shows. Not necessarily horror Um, But I still feel like we have a lot of crossover, so it'll be nice just to kind of bring it up. Um, I watched Raised by Wolves on HBO, which is like sci-fi horror, kind of more sci-fi. It's very dark and messed up and wonderful and enthralling. It's so cool. I totally binged it in a day. Um, And it's kind of around like basically everybody on Earth like destroys Earth like over religious wars. And so these androids are programmed to like raise human fetuses into like atheists and create like an atheist utopia. And so it's like the origins of that, I guess. Um, So it's very interesting um, and crazy and just so much is um, unveiled along the way and you have no idea where it's going. Um, but there's just something so captivating about it. So I love it. Um, I watched season three of channel zero cause I had seen the first two seasons and then I took a break 
I think the third season was probably my favorite so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved it. It's so so good. I've watched it a couple times. Yeah. Oh, that show in general is just so great. I love that. I wish there was more TV along those lines. How did that ever get canceled? I don't understand. I'm surprised nobody's picked it up. I don't yeah. get it. I mean, that was so, especially when it came out, it blew me away. Yeah. I, I love it so much. It's it's so head and shoulders above so many things that are, you know, still auntie. Keep I going. don't get it, but whatever. Yeah. It was too it was too good for everyone. Yeah, must have been. My <laughs> um, my daughter was asking me just kind of like what it was and I was like, "You know what? This is like American horror story if they did a good job." Yes. <laughs> um you know what I mean? Like yes. it's a different story every season. They reuse some of the same actors, um, but it's like they're actually cohesive and not just a crazy chaotic mess that tries yep. to do everything. Yep. Um, yeah, I love Channel Zero. Yep. Uh, behind Behind the Monsters was something that I watched on Shutter. I think that one's on Shutter. It's kind of one of those like VH1. I love mm-hmm. the '90s type of things and. While I love those, I feel like there's so many of them coming out right now. And this one, I don't feel like it is that great. There's actually the movies that made us. It's like basically. I had just watched that. That's why I didn't watch the Monsters one. I figured I've watched so many of these lately. Yeah. You know. And I feel like uh, the movies that made us is actually better because it has like some more actual information about stuff. But I also hate that like funny guy style that they use. Yeah. Throwing like well, this is more serious. Stuff. I might like it better. Yeah. 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 This one's not all like weird and quippy, but it's literally just like no new information. It's kind of just like some people that live in the horror world giving you their opinions and they're not like revolutionary or anything. See, I feel like with Eli Roth's show and the movies that I just feel like I don't know that anybody has like anything like really new to tell me. That's why I yeah. liked um, the movies that made us. It, I like that they go back and find the people that were actually in the movie, like, you know, enter the interview, like the people who made it and the people that were in it. And you get those stories that I haven't heard yet. You know, that's what I really like. Yes. So I just, for the movies that made us, I've only seen the um, Nightmare on Elm Street one so far. I figured it would be good since we're watching those. Mm -hmm. Um, And for example, I think it even seems like they use some of the same clips from the other one, the Behind the Monsters. But, like, they didn't have the actress that played Tina um, in the Shutter one, but they did on the movies that made us. And I liked a lot of what she had to say about it. So, yeah, things like that make it more worth it. Um, yeah. Although I think on Behind the Monsters, Wes Craven's son is in the Nightmare on Elm Street episode. And I think hearing from him is really interesting because he's actually also, like, a filmmaker and stuff. So he has, like his Hollywood perspective and also the perspective of like being Wes Craven's son and knowing him on a personal level. So that's cool. cool. Um, uh, For my anime lovers out there, I've been watching Jujutsu Kaisen, um, which is like the first modern anime that I've liked in like the last 15 years or something. Cause I'm like so old school and just out of touch. Um, And my daughter's constantly trying to show me these like new horror themed animes and I just usually don't like them but this one's amazing and anybody who watches anime should go watch it um and the last thing I'm gonna mention is Wheel of Time which is you know fantasy that's not horror but 
It's very, very fantasy. It's very, very good. Um, I started, I watched, that's the new one on Amazon, right? Yes. Yeah, it's based on a very long series of novels. It, I watched the first one. It, I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but it felt like I would imagine Game, Game of Thronesy to me. Yeah, I, just I like didn't watch horror. Game of Thrones, but you know. Oh, because you already knew about the ending, right? Didn't you say that? For oh, for Game, for of, Game Thrones? of Thrones, like oh, that yeah. we're disappointed. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is because Game of Thrones is kind of more like realistic. Like the only magical elements really are the dragons. This is more like super magic like they're tapping into a magical source um, i don't like rosamund pike rosamund is that what rosamund, uh, Ro- so, rosamund pike yeah, yeah. but so, you don't like her as face soon as i saw her i was like <laughs> oh. <laughs> i think she's really good in it actually um i really didn't like that one movie that she was in uh i think it was last year or earlier this year that everybody loved on netflix I didn't like that movie, but I still like her. Um, I know what I, you're talking about, and I didn't watch it because she was in it. <laughs> yeah, a lot I am of, so lot. God, I'm horrible. I'm a horrible person, aren't I? You and all your face hating. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm gonna... just I'm a great empath, and I like get vibes from people, and I don't like Rosamund Pike's vibes. Okay. Okay. We shall accept that. But that's <laughs> that's my list. That's it. Um, my husband loves the Wheel of Time series, and he thinks that so far they're doing a really great job with it. So if that's something that interests you, if you're in a fantasy, uh, maybe give it a try. I'm probably still going to watch it because I like the, the premise, and I like time stuff, and <laughs> I like fantasy. So if I can yeah. get past Rosemary's <laughs> face. Maybe yeah. I'll return to it. <laughs> oh my god, so funny. Um, I'm finally going to start watching Dexter like this week, so I can start reporting on that. <laughs> I was gonna. That was in my list of stuff to tell people that you better freaking watch this because I said so. Are you loving it? I w- I get so excited when I wake up on Sunday morning because the new Dexter will be available and the new yellow jackets would be available. And my whole life is sunny for that very reason right there. And I've told you, I've like tried the original Dexter many times and just cannot get into it. And I am so addicted to this one. And I can't say what's different about it because I don't know. I've seen one episode of Dexter. I mean, one season of Dexter like three times. Yeah. I'm going to watch something. I have to start from the beginning. I, so even if I've watched it, I have to start it all over again and watch everything in succession. I'm just like that. So. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and what I, you, uh, what? Oh, it's an eleven for real. Nice. What about Yellow Jackets? Because I keep hearing about that too. <laughs> I cannot wait till you've watched this because where has this been all my life? One of I'm those. And Siri, and wait till you watch Chappaway because I know Mark said he just put it out there too. That yeah. is probably I'm spoiler alert chapel away it will be in my top five of the year now dexter or um yellow jackets won't be able to make the list because they won't be done by the end of the year but they'll probably be on next year's list because oh my yellow like where did wait till you see it like where did this come from it's so good and so elevated and like 
if there's people who like don't watch series because they just think that they're not good or what, I'm telling you, series are where it's at nowadays. Yeah, for good horror really like they've been it's doing excited. better than a lot of the horror movies in my opinion. So right. Mm. Yeah, and then you get to actually like build that world and spend time in it and really get invested. But it's so for like I'm I love binging stuff. I hate this waiting from week to week. It's like, ah, <laughs> but you know, it's so worth it. So yeah, like I said, I get excited each week. It is so. kind of fun because I remember being a kid and like, what yeah. my mom, my mom and I loved Xena and Buffy, for example. And I remember as those were coming out, being like, it's Buffy night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you it's have so something specifically to look forward to that day. So kind of nice when they force us. <laughs> it's worth it though, but it's like, and then like, I know I'll watch all these, and then it's fun when it's done. Then you can like sit down and watch them all together. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Totally. What else is on your list? Of, all right. Uh, so let's see. So about? one more movie um, <laughs> on Shutter that just came out, like yesterday or something i don't know great white mm. the shark movie yeah does, does the world great? really need another shark movie yes <laughs> yes it does yeah so a uh, little this is uh, a new hot australian survival horror so whenever i see survival horror sign me up put me in the front seat i am there so nice. a little synopsis is in great white a blissful tourist trip turns into a nightmare when five seaplane passengers are stranded miles from shore in a desperate bid for survival. The group try to make it to land before they either run out of supplies or are taken by the menacing terror lurking beneath the surface. Was it great? So, Say it was great. Yes, it was great. <laughs> Yay! Um, does the world need another shark movie? No, and, you know, by no means is this The Shallows, which is I think is one of the greatest shark movies ever. I don't care. Um, but I still really had a lot of fun with this. Now, I've never had to suspend my disbelief more than I had to in this movie. Um, <laughs> and there is like, this is not, this is sit down, put your feet up, and you're just going to have a good time. That's the, there is no redeeming factors to this whatsoever. <laughs> um, you know, it's these five people, it's these, this couple has a, a charter plane business. And, of course, they take this group of, well, this, no, it's not even a group. It's, like, two people. And then they have a third guy that they, so it's five people all together. And, of course, they have plane trouble. And now they're stuck in the raft out in the middle of the ocean. And people are picked off one by one. That's the whole story right there. The most ridiculous stuff happens that I have ever seen. But I didn't care. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, watching it. Like, I was just I loved it. I, I did, but I love these kind of movies. So oh, it's not going to awesome. win any Oscars, but I don't know. I had a really good time with it. I didn't even know. I was so surprised. I didn't know there was even any like new shark movies out or anything like that. Yeah. But it's just an hour and a half of just turn your brain off and don't admit to anyone that you loved it. But it's really, <laughs> really good. I will give every single shark movie a chance. Oh, and I don't know why, too. but I feel like I'm on a forever like expedition to find the greatest shark movie of all time besides Jaws of course um so yeah. I even want to watch that shark of the corn movie or whatever that we were joking about that one time <laughs> I will watch it don't care well, if you're completist then you know you have to watch shark of the corn but yes. I mean that's probably like so ridiculous this isn't like that kind that's of not ridiculous, that ridiculous but yeah. the, the situation like the stuff that happens in the 
the times that they're able to like save themselves, you know, a yeah. I mean, spoiler, pretty much everyone meets their demise, but in a couple of the scenes, they're just like, <laughs> no way, you know, but <laughs> I don't know. I still loved it. Awesome. I mean, the shallows, I which I think is great. Ridiculous really things great. happen in there. So, yeah. It's fine because they made her like a doctor or something. So <laughs> awesome. I actually almost did watch that because I saw that there was a new shark movie and I was like, I have to watch it. But I haven't yet. <laughs> One like probably to watch with your family or something, you know, just like everybody's going to have a good time with it. Yeah. You can't not. Um, and then I do have one thing for the piece of crap. There was uh, this movie in my sitting in my Netflix queue forever, which like on Friday, like a lot of these movies I brought up, I literally watched over this week. And I feel like I had like a two week stretch there where I had like nothing to watch. So I start, then I start dipping into my Netflix queue out of desperation. And I found <laughs> this movie in there called The Devil Below. Uh huh. Oh my God. It has a zero on the tomato meter. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. Little synopsis, there is an abandoned place nestled deep in Appalachian country where underground coal mines have been ablaze for decades. So it's kind of like a play on that town. I think it's in Pennsylvania that's like been on fire for 30 years or whatever. When a team of researchers tried to find out how the fire started, they soon discover something more startling than the mystery that sent them there, that they're not alone. All right. Totally skip this. It's got awful. And it's got the worst CGI I've ever seen in my entire life. No. And then the only other thing I had on there was uh, be sure to watch Dexter and Yellow Jackets. <laughs> it's everything for me. Nice. Yeah. Ah, we're watching so many shows right now. And I'm like, I really need to get to these other cool shows. But I'm also enjoying all the shows I'm watching. I know. I love oh, shows. shows. Oh, it's great. Great, great, great. Awesome. Uh, do you want to give the people your socials? <laughs> well, yes, because I have so many of them. I'm going to pale in comparison to Jessica. But oh, uh, just, you make um, me sound like a gross social media person. <laughs> You're an one of those influencer people. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, Taminator Tammy Turner on Facebook. Okay, and everybody, I'm trying to force Tammy to get a Twitter account so she can see how cool it is that you can interact with like this wonderful horror community and a bunch of directors and actors and all kinds of stuff so everybody hashtag tammy get on twitter <laughs> <laughs> maybe if i get enough of them i'll get her on there um for mine it's a amateur.destroyer on instagram on twitter i'm at amateur destroyer on Facebook, I'm Jessica Schmidt, and on Letterboxd, I'm Ashy underscore Slashy. For the HorrorCast, on Twitter, we're the HCast. On Instagram, it's the HorrorCast. On TikTok, we're the HorrorCast. Our email, if you want to be old school and send us an email, is askthehorrorcast at gmail.com. Um, other than that, do you have any final words or things you want to throw out to the listeners no i could sit and talk to you all night but i've run out of movies so yeah it's been nice we enjoyed having you all here on the her cast the her, uh, the her cast where <laughs> we're all killer no filler stay scared stay scared <laughs>